Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? My entire state's on fire. We're in the middle of a global <laughs> pandemic. Uh, but but it's Friday and there's uh, Cowboys football to talk about. So so, yeah, so, so I'm, the, not all I'm the dog in the uh, in the fire saying uh, this is fu- this, this is, is fine. fine. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, that's how absolutely. I'm doing at this point. Uh, yeah, we got some Cowboys uh, practice on Friday. Another pad of practice and some more tidbits and nuggets kind of leaking out of that practice. Um, and let's go ahead and start with this one, Landon. Um, it seems like every day we're getting uh, you know a from all the beat reporters that are there and all the reporters that Jalen Smith makes one or two wild plays uh, a day. Today, I think it was a pass breakup in team period against Tony Pollard. Uh, We've seen other times it's big hits in the 11 on 11s when they're allowed to hit. Um, So my question for you is simple. And should we get sucked into the Jalen hype, uh, Jalen Smith hype once again? I I mean, look, the phrasing (laughs) of the question is, is insulting, frankly. <laughs> no, Look, no, you and I, you and I had this before. We had this conversation before. I've been saying it before. Uh, this even now, I, I hate the uh, reluctance by certain segments. I'll say certain segments, Marcus, of Cowboys <laughs> Twitter that has that was wrongfully doubting uh, uh, Jalen Smith before the injury. Never could fess up to the fact that they were wrong about it and are still mm. actively trying to work against him and not want to believe that, that Jalen Smith is a good player. I'm not going to name any names, Marcus. I won't. I won't do that to you guys. <laughs> like you but, just uh, did right there. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, did I? Oh, uh, <laughs> but, no. I. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Jalen Smith is a good player. I think, you know, has he had limitations, uh, you know, that have seemingly decreased as he's gotten further away from not being able to tell if his foot was lifted off the ground or not. Yeah. Hmm. I think he's, you know, he's still kind of dealing with coming back from that years later and, and, and still getting the full athleticism that he may have had before back in place. And I think he, I, I will admit this much. I, I, I wonder if maybe his, uh, Situation with with trying to finish school last year at Notre Dame, maybe you know, kind of took away from offseason training to a certain degree. And I'm wondering if maybe having a, a this offseason, I think he even talked about it in one of his interviews, like that that this may have been a little bit better situation for him to kind of fully get back into his shape a little bit more. But he may, I, I think he's always been a good player i mean i think you know last year was it was a tough season for a lot of people on the defense and maybe Jalen more than others but i I think you and i and you know friend of the show danny houston and 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 when we talked about playmakers and 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 guy and and the amount of plays being made you know splash plays whatever you want to call them and, and you can collect them up as you know forced fumbles as qb hits as you know whatever you want 
Jalen Smith was off the charts, you know, and and I, and I think that that's the kind of player you can get when utilized correctly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I'm not being sucked up again. I'm not falling. You know, I'm not falling for anything. I believe in Jalen Smith. I I, I have a, a large amount of faith that he is a hell of a playmaker, and I think that you know some of the aspects that he had struggled with at times and, and we, you know, I'm not sitting here saying he's without flaws. I mean, he has had issues with changing direction, but again, I think that what we're seeing now is a guy who's a, another step and a half closer to healthy. He's having no problems changing directions and, and flying all over the field. This, you know, the, there's no reason to, this isn't a guy who, uh, this isn't like almost Anthony Spencer for years and years and years, or or, or uh, some other you know undrafted free agent or a third round pick that we you know this isn't like a Dorrance Armstrong situation, right? Where where we keep seeing this stuff in training camp, but it never makes it to the to the field. We see Jalen Smith make play after play after play, you know, and, and, and we know that this guy can make plays on the NFL field, so. Yeah, it, to me, it's not about. I'm not approaching it from the from the segment of will I get sucked in again. I believe in. I believe that Jalen Smith is going to be a playmaker because I've seen him do it just as much as I've seen him struggle at, at times. All right, so here's my counter to that. Uh, I mean, yes, a lot of us who maybe were a little bit um, hesitant about when the Cowboys took Jalen Smith. That's very and, kind. You know, very kind to yourself. Yeah. Very kind to yourself. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Once that 2018 season came and he played at the level he did, I think all questions about what type of linebacker he could be were off the table at that point, right? There, there's no – after he played that well in the 2018 season, you can't say, well, this just isn't a good player anymore. It was a waste to pick, blah, 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 blah. The Cowboys gave him a big contract after the 2018 season. Uh, and then we got a lot of hype and you know from training camp in 2019 – and he just didn't get quite back to that 2018 level. And I guess that's that's my uh, being a little bit hesitant here. Are, are we going to get the 2018 version of Jalen Smith or are we getting the 2019 version? I, I think the change in scheme is going to help. Uh, I think putting him in the weak side linebacker spot is going to help as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm just wondering what is closer to the real Jalen Smith, what we saw last year or what we saw in 2018. What do you think? What are we seeing right now? Well, I mean, we saw a bit. We saw this in training camp last year as well, right? He was fantastic in camp last year. Yeah, but I also think that you know, what happened. Look, a circumstance happens, and 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 the sure. way the season Absolutely. plays out happens. So I, I don't disagree that 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 it's not impossible that he had you know has a bad season this year. But I think the the premise of the idea is, can we get sucked into Jalen Smith being a good player? You know, I think Jalen Smith is a good player. I, I think he's allowed to have a down season. I think he's allowed to have a bad season. I, th- I think he's, you know, I think he's had issues before, uh, you know, with certain aspects that when he got put into some very bad positions. And, and I think sure. there is a tendency to, there's a tendency when players sign contracts to, again, flip the, the, the script of, Oh, that was oh man! He's done a whole bunch of really great plays. To oh, look at look at no, he didn't get this one right. He didn't get that mm-hmm. one right. And it's well, like, that's that's just what happens when you sign a big contract, sure. right? Now you're expected to make all these plays. It's not it's not a surprise or it's not an added thing. Once you get paid, you yeah, get but, a top 
10 linebacker in the league. You got to guess. Plays. I guess that's the I guess that's the difference between me and, and, and a lot of this is that expectations is, is something self-generated. So I, sure, I, I, I didn't expect Jalen Smith's play to change because he signed a bigger tr- contract. Now, I, I agree that I think, again, last year was a, was a tough year. Uh, you know, he didn't exactly have uh, like a ton of talent around him and, or specifically in front of him uh, to, to help yep. him out, yep. especially once Leighton got hurt. So, you know, I think they asked him to do a lot more. And I think that's the other part of it, too, is that your best players, when things go bad, you, you get heaped on a lot more responsibility. And, and I think what we found out coming out of last season was, I mean, I heard two or three different interviews from different defensive linemen who talked about, yeah, Jalen used to make me right all the time. He used to, you know, he, we used to put him in a spot where no matter which way I went, Jalen would make me right. So while everyone else is one gapping, he's two gapping. You know what I'm saying? So sure. I, yeah. I yep. think that I, I think that there is some some you know some uh, context here that we're not that we haven't always been privy to about what happened last year. And, and again, we've we've all had heard the whispers about the linebacking coach, about the defensive coordinator, about you know all that stuff. So there is a lot of confluence of events there. that doesn't make me doubt Jalen Smith's talent level any less. All right, let's take a quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein with low sugar and no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. And they're releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, Ooh. cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off any order at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box only while supplies last. Again, that's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On. Okay, Landon, I want to talk about C.D. Lamb. Um, he's been fantastic all through camp. It seems like every day he's making one or two um, big plays. I saw David Hellman said today during the 11-on-11 period, he had six catches combined from Tech Prescott and Andy Dalton. He was open all the time. Um, to me, this is giving me some like early 2011-2012 Des Bryant vibe where he's just dominating every single day. And we talk all the time about drum beats in practice, guys putting in consistent work over and over and over again uh, and not having the real highs and the real lows. It sounds like CeeDee Lamb is excelling, right? Yeah. And, I mean, again, I think that the the thing that, you know, you, you mentioned it, the, the drum beat, uh, that's obviously a uh, – you know, uh, 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 something to be looking for for all players on on, on at training camp and in all reports, not just rookies. But the fact that you're hearing about a rookie that has a drum beat like this, right? That that is, and again, uh, 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 I'm Captain Context. I will gladly take the nickname. The, the difference <laughs> too, beyond that, is even when you usually hear about rookies having this level of consistency, you're talking about undrafted free agents going against the fourth team guys. This is this is yeah, CeeDee Lamb yeah. going against the number one defense in you know first team offense eleven on eleven right, and he is consistently mm-hmm. getting open, assistant, consistently making catches, consistently making plays. The drum beat continues for CeeDee Lamb despite who he's going against. So that's that's I can tell you now that's rare, and and I'll even go as far as to say is 
I was there for De- uh, Dez's uh, rookie training camp. Dez didn't do anything like this. Like, it, what, 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 yeah. what would happen is that Dez would have consistently a play or two every game where you're like, oh, I mean, every game, every uh, practice where you're like, oh, yeah, this is the guy they drafted. But he wasn't, you know, consistently uh, making catches a consistent, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was more of every single day there, or there was at least one or two wow plays. But he struggled to, to pick up the little things. I mean, I think that it, we can all go back and remember Dez's first two, first two years in the league, the problem with Dez was trying to find a way to get him the ball because, you know, we knew that you kind of had to limit his route tree in order to get him to master mm, those aspects of the route tree, right? So, and, and you know, even something like, just even go beyond that. Like, you go back to when Dez was even a veteran, they still didn't feel comfortable putting him in the slot because playing in the slot is a very difficult spot. You have to read the coverage on the run often. You have to, you know, be mm-hmm. able to know, like, a lot of your routes are based on what the coverage is, and, and the coverage may not be revealed to you until post-snap. So it takes a lot, a very heady player that can process information very quickly to be able to do that. I mean, they dropped CeeDee Lamb into the slot day one, you know, and, and, and he's been running all three spots, it sounds like. And every single day is not just making a play or two. I mean, he is making a play or two, but beyond that is also making the the routine plays too it sounds like five or six catches implies that he's getting a very healthy dose of the ball you know so i i think it's i I mean i guess i'm not tampering the hype any any anymore but it's better than what des was doing because he is putting in those plays we're still seeing the videos the des the des looking videos where a guy wearing 88 is up in the air contorting his body reaching out with his offhand and Mm -hmm. snagging the football with his fingertips but we're also seeing a guy who is consistently getting open consistently catching the football uh and I, i think i don't know if you mentioned it yet or not but i mean amari cooper said he was the fastest guy he's ever seen getting getting in and out of his breaks uh, that that that's not just explosion, you know. That's that's about refined route running, you know, about understanding how to drop your weight and get in and out of your breaks. That's not just about God's gift to you. That that's about uh, uh, technique and and talent and skill. And I think that's maybe the difference is that Des Des was just this, uh, you know, freak of freak freak of nature athlete in in a in a sea of freak of nature athletes that stood above. It seems like CD might be a little bit of that on top of also being already a very well-advanced technician. Yeah, I think I think you're right about CD being you know really consistent and being able to play the slot. I actually I just sent you a, a video of the touchdown he made today in your DM, so you can look oh, at it while I'm talking. Oh. But yeah, um, I, I think that's what makes CD such an interesting player is not only does he have the ability to go up and make some ridiculously contested catches and be able, being able to contort his body, uh, but he does have the ability to win underneath. He can win with route running. It's why I thought he was the best receiver oh in goodness. this class. Be- <laughs> yeah, it's, isn't it it's nice? very nice, yes. Yeah, shout out to uh, Blogging the Boys. They put the video out there from DallasCowboys.com, yeah. but... Uh, just just a ridiculously talented Ugh. player. Um, my my question for you, Landon, is what is the expectations for Lamb this year? Like, I know they're talking about three 1,000-yard receivers. Can we really expect that for from a rookie who's going to probably be the third passing option in the offense? 
know. You know, I, th- I think it's possible. I mean, obviously, they're going to throw for well over 3,000 yards. I mean, I think that's... That, but, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're not going to throw only 3,000 yards to three wide yeah. receivers. So, you know, usually Dak... I mean, I, I think a, a realistic expectation for Dak this season is somewhere between, what, 4,500 and 5,000 yards, maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's realistic. And I think if... You know, if that's the number, especially if we're closer to the five thousand number, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that 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 C. Lamb has a thousand yards. And and you know, look, I mean, <laughs> there's a very real possibility that C. D. Lamb gets a thousand yards, and and all three wide receivers don't get a thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's possible. I, I, it's not like a, this isn't like a, a you know a a, a, a line. You know, it's not like it's it's sure. like oh Cooper gets this one and the Gallup gets this one and then Lamb gets this one. It's just whoever's open. And frankly, as good as Amari Cooper and, and and Michael Gallup are, the you know this is what I've been trying to describe. I think in some of our other conversations about ma- matchup and mismatches, it, it, it's about the the disparity between the matchup individually, right? So it's not just about Cooper and how good he is. It's, it's about Cooper against. You know, Darius Slay. Is Cooper that much better than Darius Slay that he's getting open all the time you want to give him the ball? What about Gallup versus the the cornerback two? What about uh, Lamb versus CB3? As you go down those lines, the the Cowboys wide receiver talent doesn't really dip very much. But the, but the opposing team's defensive back talent dips quite a bit from CB1 to CB3, at least on most teams, right? So, so yeah. I think that that's yep. really where we have to look at it is – you know, at least for an early portion of the season, you have to think that CeeDee Lamb is going to be going against a much less talented cornerback, which may provide more opportunity for him, which may provide more looks and more yards for him. So I don't think it's unrealistic to think he could get a thousand yards. I also don't think it's it's, you know, unrealistic for him to get 800 or 750 yards because you know, he is still a rookie. But I don't think that setting the high expectations for him is too much. I mean, I think right now he's shown us. The, the drum beat is showing us a guy that's an elite player, right? Like so, so it, it, yeah, until absolutely. we see something otherwise, why wouldn't we expect something uh, uh, elite from him? Is there any chance that he like beats out Michael Gallup in terms of yards and touchdowns, or is he like pretty much locked into the third in, in the pecking order in terms of targets and yards and touchdowns? I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, I think targets and yards and touchdowns are three different things. You know, I think that there's certainly a chance that he has less targets or more yards or less targets and more touchdowns than Gallup. I think that's that's certainly possible uh, just because I think he is a more dynamic player. I think, you know, when you have a dynamic player like this, especially a guy who is a yak guy, you know, he can create even mm-hmm. even more than some of the Cooper and Gallup's, uh, you know, the, with the ball in his hand. So I, I, you, know, you feel like more than what you've seen from Gallup and not maybe more than what you've seen from Cooper, when you get the ball in his hands on the move in short routes, he can turn those into big plays immediately in a way that I don't know that Gallup necessarily does. Gallup is more about getting down the field and getting the ball or making a contested catch in the air. I think with with with, with Lamb, obviously, you know, and again, he's got to catch up to everything like we've, we've mentioned, but you've got a guy who you can get the ball on the move and he can do something with the ball in his hands that creates for himself. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about more nuggets from Friday's practice. 
Okay, Landon, we need to uh, get some fullback news of in course. there. Uh, Dalton Schultz today in practice exclusively lined up as the team's fullback in the four-minute period. Um, this is not all that surprising considering he's the best blocker on the team. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the Cowboys? I mean, not making the full-time switch there for Schultz, but uh, having them, you know, having him play there when he's needed. I wondered how much, if or if this is at all related to the fact that Seo Alonolua left practice today with an injury. I, 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 oh, that's a good I, point. I, I yeah. don't know if those two are related, but but they very well could be, right? Um, I, I, you know, I, I think. But having said that, I, I just don't know that Seo Alonolua is going to make the team. So I, I you know, I think right, I think there's right. a high possibility that you know now that you've had your you know your starting fullback opt out that 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 spot is now being taken by a move tight end. And, and if that's the case, I mean Dalton Schultz, I think is probably your your tight end two or not if not tight end three, and and it's probably more than likely to be kind of that guy that will be the uh you know move tight end or 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 you know f back full back you know just kind of guy that goes that rotates around and and, and you know does all the different uh non-online tight end work all the kind of dirty work you know i i, I that right. does make sense that right. he would kind of be that guy just because he's a smart kid he seems you know i, mean, I the, the issue has never been with with uh schultz is like you know him being lost or not understanding what he's doing it's always been about getting him physically up to where they want him to be and i think that even as an undersized tight end his run blocking technique is is probably the best on the team and frankly probably uh, frankly yeah. i mean i thought when i watched him uh with witten i, I thought it, it was every bit as good as witten's it's just that witten was you know, 20 pounds heavier than him and had old, yeah, had old, old man strength. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think that, I think that he has, uh, good skill. I, I'm interested. I haven't seen him this year. So I'd like to see where, what he's up to and, and like, you know, size wise and see what his, uh, body type is looking like, which is a weird thing to say out loud. But I mean, that is, <laughs> that is kind of what we do. When we go to training that's, camp. That's yeah. our job. Yeah. So, I, I yeah I, I think that I like I like Dalton Schultz a lot because I think he has a lot of technique skill and and I think that that's very difficult to gain as a tight end especially as a young tight end so really right. it's always been about getting him physically to a point where he can kind of you know perform the way he needs to in the offense and it sounds like you know he's got himself to a point where uh, he can be a reliable you know secondary option for this team and. I'm actually excited to see, you know, what what they have in store for him this year because I I do think, you know, I, I have always thought that this is a guy that if he got a couple years of experience, he could really be a, a very solid, decent tight end too. And I think from what we've seen just based on his assignment, you know, th- those kind of fullback move, H-back stuff, that clearly is the, the role of the tight end too on this team so it'll be it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see exactly how he takes that job and runs with it yeah it is fascinating that the cowboys are using them there i don't think they're going to carry a traditional fullback especially this not year. now so right? yeah no especially yeah. not now so giving dalton schultz all the opportunities to you know quote unquote win that job uh, i think is important um all right a couple other little uh tidbits we're gonna use to, to finish up the show um cj goodwin the cowboys 
Uh, best special teamer, shockingly, had a great special teams practice. Uh, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News uh, was talking today about how impressed the Cowboys coaching staff is uh, with Goodwin. Uh, we just wanted to remind you guys out there that when you're making your 53-man yeah. roster prediction, remember to keep him on there as the fourth, fifth, sixth cornerback because he's a he's maybe one of the best special teamers in all in the league. And he's actually not a terrible cornerback if you need to use him. Uh, but what are your thoughts on C.J. Goodwin entering the I game? like C.J. Goodwin a lot. And, and actually, I'll go beyond that. I Not only do I think he's not a, a terrible cornerback, I think he's pretty decent when he goes in there as a safety, too. Yeah, I, he, he, yeah he, he's not he's not somebody that you put in and you no, have to worry about. No, and that's the thing is that he's a guy that, to me, you know, is always kind of – I mean – how many years has he been with the Cowboys? Now this is like at least like his I think his third, third year. year. His, I mean, he, yeah, I think so. I think he came in at the end of 2017, and then 2018, 2019. These last two years, we you know have kind of forgotten to put him on the list, or forgot you know, or not maybe not we, but a lot of people you know forget that to put him on the down roster list when they're sure, protecting sure. him. But this is a guy that is making a huge impression on special teams, and and is is. You know, uh, as when he has gone into the game, uh, has not been a massive liability as a defender either. So to me, he is really the perfect last guy on the roster for your defensive backroom, right? Because he's gonna be, yeah, he's yep. gonna play every single game as a special teams ace. And he's probably gonna make, you know, three or four tackles a game in special teams, which is a lot, you know, in one game, right? And, and then on top of that, if disaster strikes and you have to have him play, and really it doesn't even take disaster striking. All it takes is probably no, two injuries, no, no. you know? And, and, and he gets on the, play, on the field to play. He isn't going to be such a massive liability to you, or at least he'll be where he's supposed to be. Uh, and, and I think that that's about as much as you can ask for for a down roster defensive back, a, a guy who's going to be a leader of your special teams units, and that is not going to be a liability when he's put on the field. I mean, I think that's that's the definition of what you want from those kind of guys. Yeah, I think it's funny reading some of these offseason articles, and you'll see guys like Chris Westry on the roster and head of C.J. Goodwood. It's like, it's not going to happen. One, one guy can help on every special teams unit. It has actually shown that he can play on defense. The other one is just a massive, um, you know, upside player that you're hoping to develop to potentially be your, you know, fourth or fifth corner two years it, from now. So it's like players. It's like have, it's like you know, they, they teams people. I'm sorry, not players. People seem to build these depth charts based on like it was a high school depth chart. Like it's just yeah, it's yeah. just pure talent at the position that they're assigned to. But that's not how these these NFL rosters are built. They need special teams players. They need guys who can be versatile because they have limited numbers that can be, arrive on game day. So guys like CJ Goodwin may not be the prettiest of your you know 90s 90 players or 80 players rather, but uh, on game day a guy like that is absolutely invaluable. Yep. Yeah, you're not building it like a fantasy roster with your guys at the bottom of your depth, you know, bench being the most the guys with the most upside. That's just not the way it works in the NFL. You're trying to build out a roster of guys that can help you actually win on game day in, in certain areas. Um, the last cornerback that we're going to talk about is Daryl Worley, who um, has had an up and down day. I think he got beat by a touchdown. Uh, 
you know, by C.D. Lamb, but came back and made a pick six in the 11-on-11 period. Um, we were kind of talking about him uh, pre-show, where, where he was the best defensive back for the Raiders last year, wasn't even really close, and now he's on this team competing to be the fourth or fifth corner. Uh, we both like him quite a bit. Uh, what are your expectations for Worley this season? I, I just think that, you know, you're getting a guy that, I mean, much like what we just talked about, really, right? Where he's maybe not, uh, you know, flashy, but down roster is incredibly valuable because of his versatility. Now, he, you know, he's mm-hmm. not, he's kind of the, the, uh, uh, the formula for CJ Goodwin flipped a little bit, right? Where he's gonna he's yeah, gonna give yeah. you some good some good special teams, not 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 CJ Goodwin level, I don't think, but I think he probably will be a a, a a main core special teamer for you for sure. But beyond that, what he provides for you is is very solid depth in the defensive backfield, and and even more than that, and this is something that you and I discussed, having a cornerback four who has a uh, a skill that is uh has its own value to it is is incredibly rare and, and great and, and I'll, I'll i didn't really explain that very well but, but i'll say you've got a guy in daryl worley at cornerback four who special teams can come in if you need injuries that sort of thing but also if you decide that week you need to uh, have a specific game plan for a tight end he's a guy that can come in on special packages and be your tight end eraser and and I think having yes, that yep. kind of guy in your in your bag of tricks, again, it just it's just part of building an incredibly versatile and uh, excellent matchup secondary that you're looking for on this defense. And I think that's the real difference is that they wanted to build a secondary that had a very vast array of skills that they could use to deploy against a variety of teams and, and use them in different ways. Guys like Daryl Worley being your fourth corner is how you build defensive back uh, rooms like that yeah it's gonna be fascinating to see how this cornerback depth chart plays out because you know at the top you have a Wouzier and anthony brown and Diggs and jordan lewis and those are your top four and then after that it gets really tricky because we like daryl worley quite yeah. a bit that would be cornerback five we know cj goodman's going to be on the roster so that's six reggie robinson was a guy they drafted in the fourth round this year who uh, you know, they like quite a bit, especially Will McClay. So you're talking about, you know, cornerbacks five, six, and seven all competing to try to find spots in this roster. And two of those guys have already proven to be at the very, very least adequate corners in the NFL. So just a really deep secondary room for the Dallas Cowboys for the first time in a long time. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.